Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Morna, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? The long international break. I've been waiting so long to see the beloved Gunners back in action. It seems it wasn't like too long, this international break, because sometimes you can handle this. In the beginning of the season, you can think, okay, the team can recoup in it or play if you, you know, guys got niggles and injuries in it. But now it's almost like when you start seeing the team on some sort of run in it, and then you start seeing this, just when you get to a certain point, bang, there comes the international break of about two weeks. Kind of frustrating. No, definitely frustrating. And I mean, we were just getting, like you said, in the swing of things, like playing good football or the youngsters more than anything else. But, you know, we were getting the results and they just like bang a break. But I think it gave us a good time for Tierney and I think Paladin to get up to speed and even Lacazette. So hopefully they will be in the, in if not the starting lineup, but at least the squad and play a part in our game. Yeah. So on Monday night, we visit Bremel Lane against promoted Sheffield United. Um, the Blades have been quite unlucky in the past, I mean, few fixtures. I mean, especially if you think of that Liverpool game where it took uh, Henderson howling the Sheffield United goal that, you know, gave him that 1-0 defeat to Liverpool in a game which was kind of going almost like 50-50 for, you know, one, like, I think first half Liverpool kind of dominated, then Sheffield United dominated, but then against like the runoff play, uh, they end up getting the goal, Liverpool getting the goal. So, at the moment, because I mean, many of the defeats, I mean, I've, I've also checked the, you know, their run so far in the Premier League. It's, you know, very narrow margins that they, when they do lose, it's very narrow margins. I watched them play a game as well. I can't remember. It was like um, actually very early on in the season at Bramall Lane. They're a very tough team to beat. They're not going to be, you know, like it's not going to be a walkover for points when we when we come up against them. So, Arsenal, I think Gavin won away from home in the Premier League. Was it since Newcastle? If I'm not mistaken. And I, th- I think that if they, you know, it, it won't be a game where it's going to be easy three points. It's going to be a game where they're going to have to step up. And... Yes, because, I mean, look, they will have to seriously up the game, you know, to get the sort of breakthrough against Sheffield United, who are a team that, that I think from the, uh, actually, the core of the team was quite tough to break down. Yeah, I think it was a drop in the internet or something like that. Because I, I was just saying now, with regards to the, the squad now, you know, with Sheffield United, they're quite tough to break down. So it's going to take, you know, are we going to have a work cut out for the game? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I hope that, you know, the guys step up and, you know, get us the three points that we need. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with, with Tierney, like I said, Ballerin now all should be available for the game. And from what I've heard, uh, Ozil should or could also make a, probably get a bench slot because um, Arsenal played last week Friday, I believe, uh, you know, behind the doors friendly against Reading and drew 2-2. Oh, I, I didn't know about that, uh, but I saw Ozil like, wants to fight for his place at the club. And I mean, with regards to Sheffield United, um, Ender David, Ender Stevens, sorry, he's been quite, you know, the most reliable in their squad because I think he's clocking something like between seven and seven point five and eight on average for uh, player ratings in the game so far. Who do you think we're gonna go with in the 
in the midfield for this game, do you think we're going to stick with the Granit Xhaka once again and Dorado and Guendouzi since everyone likes to sometimes pack the midfield with defensive players or defensive kind of game plan? Or do you think he's going to go, you know, allow the Willocks to get on the field and save us? I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't think we need too many holding midfielders. Maybe, I'd say, two max. But, I mean, I would have somebody like, say, uh, Ceballos or... I mean, I, I'm not just so sure. That the only thing that's what worries me with Ozil, if you put him in, is he going to give us a sort of, you know, fighting the ball, to get, uh, fighting to get the ball back? I, I just don't know with that. Because, I mean, we all know Ceballos will fight for the ball. And I'm just worried about Pepe as well, you know. I just... I don't know, do we bring him from the bench or do you start him? Because I had a chat with a, another Arsenal guy, you know, just standing at the park and you know, talking to him. And he said, like, the problem he has with Pepe sometimes is he doesn't want to release the ball. He'll rather go back and try to beat the player again. You know, he's beat him once. Then he tries to beat him again instead of, you know, trying to move the ball forward. So, I don't know, like, if Pepe should get a start or do you think, you know, he should come from the bench rather? I mean, I think I think... His plays will come at the threat if um, Lacazette is, is ruled fit for the game. Because, look, Aubameyang, they'll probably switch to left wing and uh, or right wing. And then, I mean, look, I, I, it will be quite tough on, on Saka to just drop him. Because, look, he's been playing quite well so far. Yeah, you can't drop um, Saka at the moment. He seems like our 80, mil- our 80 million pound player at the moment. Yeah, so, I mean, we also need to see, you know, with regards to this game, um, you know, to kind of turn on the heat on, on Man City because look, since they kind of disarray defensively. And I mean, we need to all start opening this gap further now on, on Chelsea, Spurs and United because, you know, I'm just worried by the time they get, you know, they start steadying their ship, it could be almost like where they, you know, on our backsides again. So I would like to get as much space between us and them, you know, because I mean, of course, look, Leicester's still another story as well that we need to deal with, but... I think with that, with Chelsea Spurs, they have that pedigree to, you know, to somehow bounce back. Even United, with all that turmoil they're going through. I think I think Tottenham at the moment you know, is the team that hits the ceiling, and it's almost like they're coming back down to earth. Slowly but surely, they're you know reverting back to other ones. Or because I I think Pochettino got the most out of them. I mean, last season I think took a toll out of them going to the Champions League final, and they. They've always become a nearly team because they've always almost won something and then they get knocked away. So I think that took a toll on them and I think players' heads are now looking to go into kind of inverted commas, greener pastures. So I think, I don't know, we have to, like you said, make a, a, a gap because, you know, Arsenal, they're the team that the wheels come off, it comes off really badly. So, I mean, not that much to, you know, also go on with regards to uh, Sheffield United. But, I mean, I just hope we honestly get the, the three points because we need some sort of performance, you know, or, you know, to come back. Because at the moment, we're still not, I mean, a, a, a person doesn't really feel assured with him away from home. So, I mean, I really want a solid performance where we, you know, do the business, get a, you know, especially also bag a few goals and maybe keep a clean sheet. Because I think you were mentioning off before we started the podcast, about the last clean sheet away was what Newcastle this season. So, you know, we need to get something. Wasn't our last win as well? Like, in the Premier League, the last win as well. Wasn't that Newcastle too? Yeah, because, I mean, we've been shipping goals. Also, left, right and centre was our way for. 
I think our form in general in the Premier League has, has been a bit iffy. I, th- I, c- I could also be standing correct. I'm just trying to th- think back of games in the Premier League. We haven't won by more than a one-goal margin. Yeah. Because, I mean, our, our, the, you know, the goals for goals against, there's not much to write home about. Because it's almost like we're shipping as many as we scored. And so, I mean, you can see no wonder Arsenal went on like that when they got the clean sheet the other day against Bournemouth. Yeah, you know, we complained that they didn't spark the the amateur light in that game and a bit inconsistent with the game of two halves. I guess the positive we can take from that game is that we kept the clean sheet. So it's it's something that you can build on, hopefully. And then, but maybe I think you mentioned to me in a private message, you know, sometime this week, whereby you actually said maybe Holding could be the guy to, you know, steady the ship at the back, like he was in that unbeaten run we had last season. So, you know, we swing our attention now to the midweek game on Thursday evening against uh, Victoria de Gimeres. Uh They're fourth in the Premier uh, League, and, I mean, they've got a few key players, like uh, Lucas Evangelista, who's a central midfielder, is also somebody that's really, like, you know, the, the, the engine in the central midfield. And then, of course, the centre-back, Edmund Topsoda, he's somebody again that's going to be, besides a solid uh, defender at the back, he's also quite attacking uh, for from set-pieces. So he's also, I think, he's second or third highest goal scorer for them this season. So, you know, we really need to take care of that also, that do this kind of thing. But I think we, we, we should definitely try to push on to get the, the, the three points. And I feel the, the youngsters again will... We'll try to prove something, you know, so I, I feel quite confident that we're going to go there and, and get the result. No, it's our home game. We're playing at home. Oh, it's the home, home game first, sorry. Yeah. Because, look, uh, at the moment, uh, Victoria, they also came off two losses so far in the against Frankfurt and Liège. So, you know, they can also have their work cut out. And I think they're also preparing probably for a long night because I think also away from home, they're quite... Um, you know, almost like they, they play very overly cautious, and I think that's where they start getting overrun. With us. I think in the league form also, they, they almost like they're too worried about you know conceding, so they will almost like pack the like the defense and the midfield. So, you know, it's gonna we're gonna need some total creativity in that squad to you know pick that lock. I'm actually glad it's the it's the um the home league first because when we play them in Portugal, apparently. Because I think Braga's playing home that week as well, and Braga's are highest seeded, I think, in, in Europe. they actually moving our game to a Wednesday, so that's why I was a bit skeptical that it was if we had to play away, because then it would be playing Monday and then the Wednesday. But I mean, you know, just to hop back quickly to the, um, with regards to the Sheffield United game, I was actually having a chuckle the other day when they were talking about, um, you know, with these players that are coming back from the international break. About the rest, you know, between the the last international that they've not actually played, and when they're now again available to play for the club, and I think like I think Arsenal get about twenty four hours extra rest with that players now have come back because I heard some players even came back on Friday I think afternoon, so I mean they actually get almost like the whole weekend, you know, to uh, besides now the whatever training that they're going to do, but they also get also time to you know to re, you know get totally relaxed before the Monday game. My, my personal opinion is since 
Jaka was quite involved in the international break. I think he deserves a, a well-earned rest, actually. Didn't he become a father also a week or so back? I'm sure I read something like that. He became also a father, so... So I think paternity leave as well as needed. So I think, you know, give Xhaka a break and you can have someone else in that midfield trio. Yes, Aiden, we all know your agenda right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, where you're heading to with that conversation. Uh, I'm just worried about the greater good for the team at all. No agenda at all. So, I mean, as we're now done with the second game, because, as we said, there's not really that much to talk about this, uh, you know, with sparse uh, international break. Um, with, we switch our attention now to some talking points. Erzul's um, now come out again with, you know, wanting to stay and, uh, you know, almost like trying to clarify various things about what's been, you know, kind of going pear-shaped with him. But I still think in, even with him now coming out with it, I think it still leaves it open to the club where they're going to decide, look, if we're going to let him go out alone. Because I think Fernabache has now put or shown interest in, in taking him on, on like, loan for the rest of the season. And I mean, like, there's all that rumours of, of DC United that want to, you know, maybe have him in the, in the MLS. It's a bit of a, a tricky situation because, like, I, I really wish Uzel could, you know, give more performances of his, like, what he can really produce. Like, you know, you saw him against, you think, United when we beat him at 3-0 at the Emirates. I mean, Chelsea as well at the Emirates. But it also comes too far and few between... So I uh, I feel like I uh, like I want to keep on to him, but I guess you know for the bit, bit, like the greater good of the team, I do think he probably needs to move on. I mean, I just think that, you know the way the football at Arsenal has developed, and look, I don't know how things will go when, like, say when when um, Emery moves on as well, and we getting in another coach or you know, so you just wonder where will we fit in because look, Emery will now probably get. Do another brand of football, and then when say a next coach comes in, they will try to somehow have that Emery way of playing, but still tweak it again, more, you know, a bit more to the, the you know, the, the the style. So still, he looks already lost now. So I mean, how would he not be like say under another coach or whatever? I think I think um, I read an article of Juan Mata where he spoke out. He said like the reason why Uso struggling and some a lot of the players now recently is that. Football, you know, it's always evolving. You know, at one stage, it was always important to have a number 10 in your team, a guy who's just roaming behind the striker. But now it's like almost evolving away from having a number 10 because everybody has to chip in on defense now. So it's like Uzel's gameplay almost changes now by him having to actually start chipping in defense, which he's not kind of used to. So it's like the game is moving past just being a pure number 10. Look at David Silva and De Bruyne. They were number 10s, but they're getting stuck in now, you know, deep in midfield, collecting the ball, tackling, everything working for the team. So, it either Uzel has to evolve or the game's going to get past him. I mean, that, that is also my, as we've been, I mean, of course, kind of hopping on also with, with uh, say, something like Xhaka, because, you know, like if he does not adapt his game to the way we play now, or, you know, tries to play a similar role to what, uh, Torreira is playing at the moment, or similar role to what Windows is playing. Then, I mean, you see him also, he, that sort of position also dying out because he does not have the legs to do the, say, tracking back. Because, I mean, you, you already see that when, when, when teams hit us on the break, like watching him turn, it's like, I mean, with all due respect, it's almost like watching Mertesaka turn and trying to track back to somebody. <laughs> 
Men det sagde jeg, at at least not lose his man consistently like Shaka does. <laughs> so, the next point that I want to bring up, are you concerned about Liverpool, you know, catching up with that invincible record of ours? Like, yes, I am. I, I look, I, I think it all the time. I actually think it all the time in my in the back of my head. I'm like, please just lose one game. Please just lose one game. Please just lose one game. I'm literally begging for Liverpool to lose this one game and the rest they can go on. Because I, like, you can't really see a little, you know, there's a chink in the armor. I don't know where it's going to come from. And the worry is, even United normally was the team that, you know, no matter how good Liverpool does, United would sometimes put them in their place. But I don't see that happening there. Then we almost uh, like you know we have to hope and pray that City gets the job done. So I'm actually really worried. And what what's your thoughts on that? No, I mean I like okay. I'll just tell you something. Like like the way I always feel going into every season, even though I know okay we're not going to be title challengers you know, down the years over the last few years now. But for me, it's almost like whoever has that zero under the 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 loss column, I just want to see one going there. So. Like with Man City, <laughs> yes. you know, Man City can run away with the league, but I just want them to get the one knock-in. You know, I mean, like, I can feel like I can breathe a sigh, sigh of relief. The same with, uh, will probably be with Liverpool as well, where it'll come. Because, look, they are, for me, they are a fantastic team. Probably the most complete squad at the moment, if you put them through, you know, against all the top European teams or so. But, I mean, at the moment, if you look at, say, the last five games, they just don't look, it's not like they're, they're that, you know, they're, they're actually wobbling a bit. So you actually can see, look, the defeat could come anytime soon. But, I mean, it's not like they'll rather take the heat in the Champions League, but it's not like they're going to do whatever they can to, you know, keep that uh, record going in the in the Premier League. And at the moment, like, look, Sheffield United showed also, if you play a certain type of football against it, they don't like it because, like, it does catch will catch up to them probably still later on in the season. You know when the, when the games really pile on because from what I heard now the the the, um, the fixture congestion for the end of the year is going to be hectic. I can tell you that. I, I think they 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 very dependent on the front three that Firmino, uh, Mane, and so. Whether or not if one of them picks up an injury, they can step up. I mean, the Invincibles was a kind of quite deep squad, which, you know, was kind of special that if uh, Robert Perez was injured, you could have a, a Ljungberg in the squad. Not, not that Ljungberg wasn't first choice, but like a Ljungberg could slot in in his position and you had the, like, you know, additional players in the squad who could cover. But I think with, with those three, if they had to get injured or two of the three of them get injured, you could see a total swing of the pendulum and, you know, hopefully they get that one all under the column. They're quite, quite close last season, to be honest. Yeah, they were like, you know, that game against Man City with the ball when Firmino was in Mane, got the ball, like a few centimeters just on the line. It could have been, you know, just put over, it could have been a 2-2 draw and, you know, they would have been kind of invincible but maybe not have won the league. Yeah, but I mean, for me now, it's just, you know, that thing is, as I said now, my major concern. So I just hope that that knock... But, you know, sometimes I have a feeling, you know, that when you watch Premier League and that stuff, it's not like a defeat can also come when you least expect it. I mean, look at, at the way Norwich outplayed uh, Man City. And then they get... Was it Norwich or was it where they got tonked the one the, the week after? 
Was it Norwich? I, I don't know. They got tonked to Aston Villa last week. Was it five something or four nil something like that? If I if I remember correctly. So it's like they, the those defeats, like you said, it, it comes out of nowhere. Even Man City last season when they lost to Crystal Palace at the Etihad. So you you never know when these things happen. Uh, a talking point I actually is I read an article about, you know, they speaking about Leno, how he concedes goals and it's like comparing his record to Czech and to, you know, David Seaman. They kind of say he's a bit of a shaky goalkeeper. But reading that article, I don't know if it's just journalists trying to sell papers because you can't really compare because if you look at the defense Leno has in front of him, it's, it's like, I think if it wasn't for Leno, we would have been worse off. Yeah, because... I mean, look at that uh, that game against, like, say, Tottenham. When look, Tottenham when they were that two 0 up against us, it was also a game where we could have really shipped even more because there was a period where we just could not get in the ball. And I mean, he made that one save was from Eriksson or, or Son. We, you know, that ball you could see that ball was careering into the top corner, and he managed to pull off a save. It was close to half time, I think. And it's it's moments like that where it's like it becomes turning points also for. A goalkeeper in a match where that could be, you know, that that little decision where we could have ended up getting, you know, shipping a third, and who knows, even if we would have made a comeback to make it say three three, but that almost like allows you to, you know, keep that chance. It almost like where they say, you know, almost like next goal is important for like when you two 0 up. Yes, and when like I said, scored, it almost like started swinging the pendulum our way again. My biggest gripe at the moment is is that Spurs and United are are kind of worse than us. I mean, we start of the season, I mean, third place is currently, we would have taken it, like, with your end off for it. But it's almost like they try to turn any turmoil Arsenal have. Like, you know, if, if somebody in Arsenal has a flu, they'll say the entire Arsenal camp stuck with a virus or something like that. They blow it out of proportion. Like, I don't see them hopping on Man United and Spurs saying that they actually in a real rut. You know, they're in bad shape the moment. If Arsenal the third place in the log, if we take a knock against Sheffield United, there's a crisis at Arsenal. No, but I mean, it's also come to a stage where, you know, we've also made this this problem also our own baby because we are supposed to be dispatching teams. And, you know, let's face if we are to be really serious, I'm not saying title contenders, but, you know, where we can really embed ourselves in a third or fourth spot, then we need to be putting away teams like this because we're allowing every time we because it's not like when you when you get almost like a real uh, reality check it's like when you see say Watford playing us almost like off the park for more than a half like you know almost like an hour and then you watch them play the next week say against a Man City or Liverpool or whatever and they get totally wiped you know wiped across the pitch and then you think to yourself did we actually lose to this team or did we actually draw to this team and that is where the, the, the thing is we Emery needs to get it in there because I think that is where we we seriously seriously lack. I think if we, if we take that two points dropped against um, Watford, I mean we could have been ahead of Man City. Mm. Yeah, but I mean for me, you know, it also makes the the chase interesting. I mean, not not for me yet because as I told you now earlier, I still think that that gap we need to still open up further with with Chelsea, Spurs, United. 
and I mean, who knows like how Leicester, how this season will still pan out? Because look, they haven't really had, you know, injuries yet, or you know, we, we, things are not adding up against them again. But I mean, that would be interesting to see how we, uh, you know, d- uh, put some heat on on Man City, you know, before because I mean, you know, for a fact they're gonna try to fix whatever uh, you know deficiencies that squad has in January. You know that for a fact, and. I think with us again, this is also like blends into my my next talking point with the January transfer window. I don't think we should actually sign anybody because if you think of of, of the amount of players that are coming back, and if that, that that sort of hunger desire comes from you know every department like that, especially those players that are coming back injured and want to get to that first eleven, then I mean that's going to be a awesome fight. You know, in like you know the way that the people start fighting for their place in the squad. Let's, let's hope it becomes that. Let's hope the guys fight for the place in the squad because we've seen many times down the years at Arsenal, you know, where we thought to Wenger said, you know, they're coming back as a new signing and boy, did they not be a new signing. So, I just want to now, before I wrap off now the, the podcast, I just want to now add, like, with regards to the latest news that I also had regarding... Eintracht Frankfurt, I don't know if you heard anything of it, but the away fans have been banned from the Emirates for the uh, um, the tie, I think in a couple of weeks' time, or three or four weeks' time, because of that crowd trouble. There were like three or four offences that they committed by um, UEFA, they were charged by UEFA. So they will now have no fans in, in the Emirates for that tie, um, tie, the away tie at Arsenal. Hopefully by then we uh, all but have almost qualification sealed. Maybe can take some, even the keepers also, you know, bring the number three keeper to get the game. You know, I, I would like Martinez to maybe get a, a show in the Premier League. But, you know, I don't want Leonard to be injured, but I think, I don't know, when when you can just throw him in, don't want to take an unnecessary risk, you know, and Martinez, you know, throws, it, throws his chance away, but... He, for me, he's been one of the guys that's impressed when, when called upon, should I say. Yeah. So, you know, fingers crossed for Monday night. I mean, that we should be getting the points, you know. We, we almost like we need to also turn up. It's not like, you know, it's not going to be a given anyway. But, you know, let's hope for something positive for, for the away game. Come on, you Arsenal. Quick question before you go. Are you going to be supporting tomorrow United or Liverpool? Do you want that? Al to become a one under Liverpool, or do you want United to have zero points and we can open the gap on them? Uh, Aiden, to be honest with you, I'm gonna probably be watching it as a serious, serious neutral. Normally, (laughs) with you, I would normally be siding with somebody, but for me, it's almost like I would laugh if uh, you know United lose because they go into the relegation zone, and it would be also funny if United somehow, with their miserable form, (laughs) snap. against Liverpool against all odds and you know our invincible record survives another season okay sitting on the fence like me I see then okay guys take care okay bye cheers guys